want to welcome all of those that are joining us online, our online fam. Don't forget to, to share this feed. I believe that somebody can use this word of encouragement today. And for all of us, we'll take out our copy of God's word and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 as we continue our series called One Another, a united church in a divided world. I also want to make mention of um, just about every Monday at 6 a.m. in the, the Widden Auditorium right here at our broadcast location in Concord. We have an hour of prayer. We start the week off with prayer. Um, looked on the calendar, and there are four weeks. There are four weeks until the election. And um, can we do this? Let's not, just, let's not just say we're praying for our country and not just say we're praying for our nation and for the election. Let's do that. And for those of you that are able to join us physically, we invite you um, to do that. For those that are able to engage in online, even if it's just for 20 minutes, maybe on your way to work or before you jumpstart your day, we want to encourage you. Can we just ramp up? I just felt like, like we should just ramp up our prayers um, for our nation, for the elections, for those that are coming up. And I'll be addressing that uh, a little bit more um, in a message in the, in the upcoming weeks. But one another, a united church, a united church in a divided world came across this in uh, Cambridge, Minnesota. The, their newspaper, their local newspaper called The Star, uh, 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 it, read, it read like this. There was, a, there was a snippet that read like this. In Sante County Commissioner Tom Pagel has 100% support from his family, not 10%, as was stated in last week's article on Pagel's announcement to seek re-election. How many of you know that, that the difference in 10% and 100% is, 100% is more than a zero, right? Some, sometimes the difference between a unified family and, and a fighting family can make all of the difference. And we want to preach, preach the power of unity in the body of Christ. That even though we may not agree on every single thing, we still have this amazing power of unity that we are all of the same bloodline, the bloodline of Jesus. And today, specifically, I want to preach this. I want to preach build the house. Build the house. Come on. Tell three people around you through your mask. Build the house. Build the house. First Thessalonians 5 says this. Paul writes to the church. And he says, so encourage each other and build each other up. Encourage each other and build each other up. It feels, it feels like we live in a culture and in a society that is into tearing down, doesn't it? Let's, te- let's tear it down. Let's, te- let's tear it down. Why, why is it there in the first place? We don't even know, but let's, te- let's tear it down. And Paul says, I want you to encourage one another. I want you to build each other up a little over four years ago when Camden and I moved into the home that we're living in. We closed on a Friday morning. Camden went to the, did all of that. She had to do it on her own. I was speaking out of town. I hopped on an early morning flight from Alabama, got there, and I pulled into our new driveway almost with sledgehammer in hand. Like my brother was there. My, my, my dad had come down. We had some friends over, and we immediately started 
the demo day process. And I got to tell you, I was highly involved in demo day. I was taking down cabinets. I was, you know, with, with, with my little uh, uh, tools, I was pulling up carpet and I was, I was getting tile out of there and I was throwing it in the dumpster. But, but I got to tell you that, that my contribution to the process only lasted for about 24 hours because then, then they moved into this thing called rebuilding. And, and apparently, here's what, here's what I learned about my life. I'm not saying this. This is not a comment to be extrapolated across everybody. I just learned this about me. Any idiot can swing a sledgehammer. It, it takes skill to build the house that you want to live in. And now can I preach this just a little bit to our society? Any idiot can, build, can swing a sledgehammer. Anybody can criticize, anybody can gossip, anybody can tear down, but it takes somebody with a little bit of skill. Can I preach this to the church? It takes some spiritually skilled people to build the house, to build the house. And then the Bible goes on to say this. Let's jump over. We'll come back to 1 Thessalonians, but now I want to look at 1 Peter. 1 Peter says this, as you come to Jesus the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. So what kind of house are we building? We're building, we're building our house. We're building our house. We're building the house that we want to live in. Let me, let me ask you this. Which of these two uh, homes, I use that term loosely, which one of these two homes would, would you like to live in? I mean, they're, they're both made of, of stone, right? But the Bible says that we are the living stones and we're being built into a spiritual house. And what the Bible, what Paul is trying to teach us is this. If we walk around with the sledgehammer of our critical spirit, the sledgehammer of our negativity, the sledgehammer of gossip, the sledgehammer of all of these things. What happens is sometimes we, we don't realize that we're building the house that we got to live in. So when I walk around, when all I do is demo day, I end up living in the house. See, what happens sometimes is I want to I wanna live in this house, but if I'm honest, I'm building this house. And what we have to do is we have to examine. We have to examine our words. We have to examine our hearts. We have to examine the, the, the kind of thing that, that we want to build. First Peter says that everyone who is a follower of Jesus, when we started, when we started rebuilding our house, one of the things that we did is that uh, we have a, a stone fireplace in the living room. And it, that, that fireplace was fine. I just wanted a different style. And so it was flagstones like the stone that was flat on there. And we had to take down all of that stone. And then to watch the stone masons come in and do that work was, it was amazing. And they had one guy out there and all he was doing in the driveway, all he was doing was chiseling. Just chiseling. It was got, he got the right size. He had to get the, the, the right dimensions. And, and, and then you had that person that was taking those chiseled stones. And he was fitting those all together. And that's the picture that God is painting. That all of us are living stones. But God is putting us together. 
God, God is building us together. And so as he pieces us, us together, God is this ultimate stonemason. He's this ultimate craftsman. And we have to lean into what God is doing, what the Spirit is doing, because we need to trust that he's building something for us that we want to live in. I want to go back to 1 Thessalonians and walk through this passage. We build the house. We build the house. This is right out, of, right out of what Paul says to us. We build the house, number one, when we honor spiritual leadership. When we honor spiritual leadership, he, he says this, Paul says this, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Now, I just got to tell you, that's a, little, uh, that's a little weird to preach. That's like, uh, hey, point one, everybody say nice things about the preacher. Like, that's a little, that's a little awkward. Uh, point number two, everybody buy me a Christmas present. Like, this is a little awkward to say, but you got to understand Paul's heart. What is Paul's heart? Paul wants all of the people to be blessed, and Paul understands that God flows blessing through authority. God flows blessing. That's just the way he does it. God flows blessing through authority. And so as the leaders in your life are blessed, as the authorities are blessed, so you are blessed. I got to tell you, I appreciate so much when people, I never take for granted when somebody says, Pastor, I'm praying for you. Thank you. I feel, I feel those prayers. I didn't plan this, and I didn't know that Pastor Adam was going to share what he shared. But uh, Pastor Adam, would you, would you and Meredith come on, come on up here? And I'm not going to uh, embarrass you, but I just think it was, it was super important that we, that we catch this. So if you're just joining us um, online for the sermon part and missed maybe some of the, some of the worship, guys, come on, come on up here. What Pastor Adam shared is the four things that you guys have all walked through as a, as a family. It wasn't like a general, we've been battling COVID, you guys had. Um, well, you've got like super immunity. I don't know how you didn't get it, but, but there's, you guys were battling COVID, um, a death in, in the family, and, and now this whole property thing where I'm not even going to say the amount of money that was sunk into this piece of property, and now the documents that you thought were good aren't good, and all, all of that kind of mess. And then some, sometimes it's the, the car not starting is just the kicker. And of course it's on a Sunday morning. It couldn't be on a Tuesday. It has to be on, on a Tuesday. But I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Because the anointing that is on Pastor Adam and Meredith and the anointing that is on Pastor Jerry, who's at home recovering from surgery, surgery right now, and the anointing that is upon our worship team, do you understand that these are our frontline warriors? Do you understand that? Do you understand that when you went into battle, when Israel went into battle, even before they would send the people with the swords, they would send the worshipers, and the worshipers were the warriors, and Pastor Adam is the point person, and every week he's leading us into battle, and we're back here. I'm telling you, the Lord is blessing us, and we don't even realize how we are being blessed because God is using Pastor Adam to fight battles in the heavenlies that we're not even aware of, and we are receiving the blessing when we fall in line with his, which is with his worshiping warriors out front we're going to plead the blood of jesus over this family right now come on stretch stretch forth your hands 
Come on, online fam. I want you to pray the blood of Jesus over this entire, uh, this entire worship team. But as a representative, God, we plead the blood of Jesus. God, we plead the armor of Jesus, that helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, that shield of faith, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, uh, the gospel that is covered by the shoes of peace. In the name of Jesus, we pray that over them. Their, their, the, every aspect, everything that they put their hands to do, oh God, that they would be blessed as they take the sword and lead us into battle. Then we follow them and we get covered in Jesus' name. Come on, come on, let's celebrate what God is doing through our entire worship team right now. Second thing Paul says is then encourage the timid. Encourage the timid. This should be an easy assignment right now because there's some fear out there. There's some fear out there. You don't have to look very far before you see somebody that's walking through a situation. They're facing a, a health situation. They're facing a job situation. They're facing a relationship situation where there's some timidity, some fear that has crept in that's kind of holding them back. And maybe, maybe it's in this moment that God would use you as a voice of encouragement. If you go back uh, almost 20 years now, right, it was right after 9-11. If you remember walking through the airports, there were all of these signs that said, if you see something, say something. You remember that? And I understand that that was talking about, you know, if you see something that looks a little suspicious, if you see something off, say something. Could we, could we flip that? Because a lot of times, if we're honest, we're good at catching those kind of things, right? Like I notice, I notice everything that's wrong. I've got, sometimes I feel like I've got the gift curse of noticing what's wrong. All the chairs in the auditorium could be perfectly straight. I'm going to notice the one that's a little, out. like you just, you notice, and that's what, that's, what lead, that's what leaders do, right? Sometimes like if you're, if you're in a leadership position, like 90 teachers, like uh, uh, a lot of your class could be acting uh, in, in a positive way, but you notice, what, what do you notice? They notice the kid that's misbehaving, and sometimes we just need to intentionally focus. If you see something, say something. Let's notice things that people are doing right. Let's notice those things in our children. And if you see something, say something. Let's notice that about one another. Let's notice that about the people that we work. You want to take you want to change a culture? Begin to find positives and begin to speak it. I know a lot of times for me I'll think it, but I need to speak it. Hey, I saw you doing this. I noticed how you were engaging in this in your life and begin to speak that. You'll be amazed how that will shift atmospheres and encourage people who need that in their lives. Number three, take tender care of the weak. Take tender care of the weak. In verse 14, I was watching uh, a show called Northwoods Law, and it's about game commissioners up in Maine and New Hampshire, and, and these big, you know, uh, uh, tough guys and ladies that are, that are out there, and in some areas, they're acting as the sheriff, and they're acting as a game commission, so they're involved in all kinds of different situations, but, but one that was a little odd, the guy stopped, uh, he stopped this big, big tough game commissioner, uh, stopped for one bird. And he noticed that this bird was acting a little strange and it wasn't flying. And 
turns out that the wing was injured, and so this big old game commissioner is, is, is taking up this little bird, and he takes it over to the, to the vet, and it stays with the vet for about a week, and then they take it back to a local farm because uh, th this was a pigeon, and pigeons need a flock. Pigeons, there's a sermon in there. We need a, we need a flock. We need a tribe. We got the, the way that you fly is we don't fly solo. We fly with other people. And so, but they released it back in. He encouraged in that moment. He was strengthening the weak, strengthening the weak. Now, here's something that we have to remember, that our purpose when we strengthen the weak is not to keep them weak. Our, our purpose when we strengthen the weak is to let them fly. But, but maybe the Lord would have a divine opportunity, a divine ministry moment for somebody that needs an extra job right now. For somebody that's in transition, that your spare room could be a blessing to them. For, for somebody, and, and you want to have that conversation like, this is not your forever home. This is, this, this is... We're tra I'm strengthening the weak. You're going to, you know, you pray that over. We're going to fly again. We're gonna, this is not your forever job, but maybe it is maybe somebody in this season, maybe you've been blessed with just a little bit extra. I was talking to some, some people recently, and, and they're having the best sales years ever, and maybe, maybe, maybe God is using that in this moment, that, that the blessing and the overflow from some of us could, could strengthen the weak, and it's that shot of adrenaline that, that we just need. Some of us need a little bit of extra care. Could you put on spiritual eyes? Could we build the house? So we build, build the house, take tender care of the weak. Number four, are patient with everyone who agrees with your opinion. I would love to preach it like that. <laughs> Paul, wh why did you put a period after everyone? I would like parentheses. <laughs> I would love, be patient with everyone who shares my fill in the blank view that would just be a whole lot easier but Paul has the audacity to say be patient with everyone patient with everyone it doesn't say agree it doesn't say condone it doesn't say bless but it does say patient because maybe, let's read this in context, let's read this in context, maybe the thing that you are viewing as aggravation is actually fear or weakness. Do you see that? This is not a separate sentence. So what did Paul just say? Say, encourage the fearful, strengthen the weak, and be patient with everything. Maybe the person that is driving me nuts in my life right now, and I promise I'm not, I'm not thinking about anybody. It's just a statement. But maybe the person that's driving you nuts right now in your life, the source of that is fear or weakness in their life. And so maybe your patience is allowing God to strengthen the weak and encourage them. The last thing is this. The last thing is this. As we build the house, build the house, build the house to live on God's payback plan. Live on God's payback plan. I'm telling you, our, our culture is a payback culture right now. And it's, and it's you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you more. 
you speak against me, I'm going to shout loud. It's it's, you, you see it every day, don't you? It's payback, payback, payback. And here Paul says this. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. So let's go back to our, our two houses. Let's go back to those two houses and just ask that question again. Which house do I want to live in? Which house do I want to uh, live in? I was watching a, a, a show the other day. Another, I know I'm, I'm like Bear Grylls. Uh, is every illustration for me right now. But uh, that's kind of the, the mode that the Witherup family is in. And we were watching the show. This wasn't the race across Fiji. This was when um, you want to talk, Bear, Bear is a courageous, he's like a for, former uh, British army ranger and, you know, survival in the wild. This may be one of the most courageous things he's ever done. He took 12 junior hires 12 middle schoolers out into the woods for two weeks that's what that's what he did that takes a little bit of courage and i'm telling you those first couple days you wanted to you wanted to have a conversation with a few of those middle schoolers but it's cool to see them like when they got like 24 hours or 48 hours away from their friends and away from technology and away from their phones that some things that were in them begin to come out of them and they were tougher than they thought and they were stronger than they thought and they supported each other more and I could probably preach a little bit on that but I won't but they took but Bear took them out in the woods and one of the one of the areas that they stayed in in Wales so Wales is kind of kind of the weather of England but plus so Wales is more on the coast so when London is getting this fog and this little drizzle Wales is getting pounded a lot of times by these storms and everything like that and they were staying in a in a place that was not too far uh, uh, in, in its looks from the that ruined stone house and one of the things and it's pouring down torrential rains are coming down and the leaders have got a couple of leaders that are staying with them and they're stretching out those tarps but if you've ever spent the night in the woods without a full covering you know that that the, the tarp can only do so much, and the wind was blowing sideways, and they were, getting, they were getting wet, and they were getting pounded, and they were getting, you know, lack of sleep and waking up in the, in the morning. And, I, and some, of us, some of us feel like that today. Some of us feel like that this morning of, of like, I'm living here. Pastor, I'm, I'm living here. I'm living in this house, and I feel like the enemy is just coming against me, and I, I, I feel like the, the other stones, I feel like every time I get a stone in place, another stone is coming out of, out, of, out, of, out of place in another area, and I feel like the enemy is just, I'm exposed to attack, I'm exposed to attack. And you, you got a picture in your mind, and you hear God saying like, but I built, I built this house. You don't, you don't have to live here anymore. I've got something better for you. And maybe, maybe then the enemy is putting thoughts in your mind of, of something like this. Yeah, yeah, but, I, but I, can, I can't afford that. I can't afford that. When Cameron and I bought our first home, it was back in the, back in the days. You know, everything's electronic now, but it was back in the days. You remember when you, when you bought your first vehicle and or bought your first house and it came with a payment booklet. You remember those payment? You remember, like, what, what is this? What? I, I, didn't, I didn't want this. Remember how thick that thing was? Like, I'm, ne- I'm never, I can never pay this off. And then what is this? What is this extra charge you call interest, Wells Fargo? What is that? And, and, then, and then what are these? 
What is this? What is an escrow account? I don't believe that somebody told me about an escrow account and like all of these taxes. And now when the roof leaks, it's not the landlord's responsibility. It's my responsibility. And, and, and what, you, what began as a dream and what began as a celebration now becomes a burden because the thing that you are wanting to live in, you realize that you can't pay for. Can I tell you that that's... that's part of the gospel is that God says to us, not only do we not have to live in dilapidated ruins, that you can step into a home, like welcome welcome home, welcome into a strong house, welcome into a comforting house. Like, let me, re- let me read this list again. How many of you could live in a house with a, with a great covering? Or when you're fearful, somebody's going to speak some courage into you. Or when you're weak, you get strengthened. Or, or, or when you mess up, people are patient with you. Or when you do something wrong and deserve to be paid with evil, people actually pay you back for good. I tell you what, I'd live in that house. All day, I'd live in that house. And can we just reaffirm, can we reaffirm, family, that we're going to build that house we're going to build. That is our house. That is Multiply Church. Then maybe you're a visitor. What kind of church is this? It's a church where we're going to be patient with the weak. It's a church where we're going to encourage one another at our weakest moments. It's a church that when we fall and when we fail, we don't judge each other by the worst moments of our lives, but where we see the best for each other. And it's a church when you can't see the best for you, then I'll see the best for you. And I'll lift you up. It's that kind of church. It's living stones. It's living stones. Can I encourage you? That's why it is so important. One of the reasons why it's so important to be part of a local body is if, you, if you're a stone and you're like, I love Jesus, but I'm just going to love Jesus out in the wilderness all by myself. Well, guess what? All of the, all of the attacks all the wild animals, like you're susceptible to all of this. I want to be a living stone where I'm surrounded, where I need you and you need me and we need each other. Let's build that house. Let's build that house. But with heads bowed and eyes closed across every location and for those of you joining online today, there's somebody, there's somebody that you've been sleeping in the cold because you didn't think you could afford to pay for the blessings that God has for you. And Jesus is saying to you, I paid the price. I paid the price. I paid it all. I paid it on the cross. My death paid the price. My resurrection paid the price. My blood is good. I've taken, he's taken that payment booklet. You don't have to earn his love. You don't have to earn his favor. You don't have to earn his blessing. He's shredding that payment booklet right now in the name of Jesus, paid in full, paid in full. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, You would say, Pastor, I feel like I'm living outside of the love, blessing, and protection of the house of God. And I want to switch residences now by the paid in full blood of Jesus. I want a relationship with Jesus. Pastor, I'm away from God, but I want to step into that relationship. I'm going to count to three just as a point of contact. And as I say three, if that's you, would you just put up your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I've been living outside of his grace. I've been living outside of his love. I've been living outside of his blessing. I've been living outside of his protection. I've been living outside of his favor, but I want to step into his love, step into his blessing. 
blessing. Step into his favor and protection. One, two, three. Come on in the house. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand and you can put it right back down. Those of you online, come on, everybody, can we pray this prayer together? Let's join our faith and say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I come to the cross and accept your blood into my life that paid in full so that I can live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose. In Jesus' name. Now, one more question all across. Those of you joining us online, if you would just say, especially during this season when there's so many people, they need encouragement, they need strength, I'm going to build that kind of house. I'm going to be that kind of person. Would you just stand right now and say, let's build this house. Let's build that kind of house. Father, I pray that living stones anointing in the name of Jesus, that we would build one another up, that we would encourage the timid strengthen the weak support those that are over us in jesus name and all of god's people said amen